and dog people. This is It's Training Cats and Dogs, the show for people with both cats and dogs who want peace in their home and peace between their animals. I'm Naomi Rotenberg, your source of practical strategies for keeping everyone in your multi-species household safe and sane. And today's episode is a dog and cat chat with B. So let's get started. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me. And you will hear some baby noises in the background because that's part of what we're talking about today. So welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's pretty rare to find someone who actually specializes in both dogs and cats. So we're really excited to have your help. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess just some background. Um, Mm -hmm. I have an eight-year-old cat who was here first. And we have about a one and a half-year-old dog puppy she's a german shepherd so since she's such a large large breed um you know she'll be a puppy for a while we have always struggled a bit with impulse control with the dog just super excitable you know really likes to charge things rush things and particularly small animals we don't feel that she's aggressive toward the cat um it's all pretty play motivated you know she's a little reactive on leash but because she wants to play and all that sort of thing. So that's kind of her vibe that we're working with. And understandably, our cat is eight and he's just not into, you know, being charged. And I think in the early days, he realized that, you know, that's what she was going to do when she came near him. So I think we started off a little bit on the wrong foot. And then we we basically cut off all contact between them. Um, we have a series of baby gates in our house. It's very inconvenient. Just, just baby gate nation. And, and essentially, we're now at the point where our cat can only actually transit through the house if our dog is asleep in her crate, which is go- a good thing. She's crate trained, but, you know, she is getting older and is spending less and less time in the crate, which means the cat has less and less time to roam. So there's that issue. It's a bit of a difficult one in our home. And then probably the bigger issue is the cat now seems to be getting a little aggressive towards the dog. He seems to want to fight her and will lure her, you know, from the other side of the baby gate. And, you know, she'll be all excited. She'll want to come over. She'll want to play. And he will just scrap with her through the gate. She has no fear. Um, like she will keep her face there. She'll come away bleeding. There is no like, oh, let the cat show the dog who's boss. Um, and the dog will never do it again. That never happened for us. Um, she seems to just love any attention she gets from the cat and he just wants to murder her. Mm-hmm. So when we do have contact, that's what happens. Um, and obviously that's like, We try to not have that happen, but, you know, on occasion it does, rarely. And then in terms of training, um, we're essentially just trying to do some counter conditioning. So we can get to a place where they're a couple of feet apart. We're feeding them both treats um, and they'll stay calm. But it's always, you know, it's for a few minutes and then the cat starts growling or the cat or the dog starts getting excited. And and if me or my husband leaves you know, they're not going to continue doing that. The cat's either going to attack or the dog is going to rush and try and play and get attacked. So we feel like we're at a bit of a standstill because we can't get them to get any closer or to actually truly relax around each Mm -hmm. other unless it's very managed. 
So yeah, we just feel like we're living in a baby gate hell <laughs> at the moment. And we'd love for the cat specifically to be able to tra- use the whole house, you know, transit yeah. freely. Um, so that's, that's basically it. We have an aggressive cat and a really playful dog. And uh, that's not working out for either of them. Yeah, it's not the best combo. Did he start out? Well, first of all, what are their names so that we can? Uh... Yes, um, the cat is King and the dog is Ralph. It's a little tough because the pronouns don't make sense. Uh, like Ralph is a girl, <laughs> King is a boy. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just call them cat and dog. But yeah, it's <laughs> okay. If you know yeah. the movie Up, Kevin is a girl, so it's fine. there. You go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we like <laughs> we like unique names around here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Ralph and King. Yeah. When she came home early and she did the initial like "Hi, Fred," and he said "Heck to the no." Yeah. Did he initially? run or try to run not immediately so when the dog first came home the cat king was sat on the stairs which were blocked by a baby gate and and observed Mm -hmm. and would even come you know fairly close like look through the stair banister at the dog who would be you know sitting on her bed and but certainly i don't recall you know what the first time was or anything like that but but certainly the the cat never you know, sidled up to the dog and was like, what's new? You know, always was like, get away from me. I'm out of here. So, yeah. Yeah. So the reason I asked that question is because most cats, I'm going to say most, most will try to flee or kind of make themselves smaller when they're feeling threatened first. Mm. And it's only when they've kind of realized that that doesn't work that they'll say, I need to like be a proactive about this scary thing. So I'm going to be scary to make it go away. So it sounds like that might have happened a little bit where like he wanted distance. He might have tried to move away and she didn't get the message or that intensified the chase. So he was like, well, I have to stand my ground. But then that doesn't work either because he's like smacking her and, and he's doing all the things. He's like, I'm making you bleed and she is not leaving. And now he's like, I have no other choice except to go up to her and try to beat her up. Pretty much. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so all of that is to say that this is kind of a learned history thing where he's kind of, for lack of a better term, like feeling kind of backed into a corner. And so he's going to like rush forward first. We need to teach him and to provide him with alternative ways of feeling safe that he can watch her from a distance. Just like you were saying, like when he, when she first came home, like she was not paying attention to him. He was an up kind of watching to see what she would do. That, I want to I want to see if we can return to that so that he can start to learn to trust her a little bit more and also be able to flee if he needs to without her chasing him. So what does that look like? It looks like you doing setups, but you've been doing setups, right? You know, you're trying to get them closer and closer together. Mm-hmm. They're getting cookies and that's great. Except that I think what we actually need to do is get them farther apart. <laughs> uh-huh. Right? Okay. Yeah. So he's, you know, they both like food. 
So she's trying to hold herself together because she's like, okay, I'm supposed to stay still, but like, oh my God, there's a cat right there. It's like so exciting. And then like, (laughs) you know, you have a break in the treats and she just like explodes, right? Same thing with him. He, He probably doesn't want any more treats, but then she's still really close. So he just gets cranky. Yeah. (laughs) So our goal is to teach them both to move away from each other when they see each other, not to be able to get close because they'll only be able to get close if they know that they can leave or he's only going to be able to get close without being uh, aggressive if he knows that he can safely leave when he needs to. And she, being this like bouncy, big, puppy, chasey thing, um, we're going to work most more on her. Like, she doesn't have, fe- like, feelings, negative feelings towards him, but she needs to learn how to act around him so that she becomes more trustworthy and he will feel safer around her. For sure, yeah. And that seems to be... I I think that she is capable of that over a glacial pace, like very, very long term. (laughs) Yeah. So certainly we will work on that. But yeah, I guess the management piece is what's most important, like right at this very moment is giving him, making sure he has that escape route. Um, I guess my my question for you is, well, I guess I'll I'll explain what we have attempted kind of in that vein. Mm -hmm. So we've put a baby gate at the top of the stairs and we've put one at the bottom of the stairs. So in theory, uh, the cat, will, yeah, that's funny. Yes, <laughs> my son thinks this is all great and not a problem at all. <laughs> so the cat will sometimes, you know, go to the top of the the stairs and kind of, you know, look menacingly down the stairs. And if the the dog uh, notices, she'll come to the bottom baby gate. And, you know, she'll whine and, and want to get to him and he will just stand his ground up there and be like, you know, get out of my way. And what actually has happened in kind of recent months is it almost feels like his anger or his anger, I'm really anthropomorphizing, his aggression <laughs> towards her, she will actually uh, go in her crate. She'll be like, oh, no, you know, it feels like she's saying, like, he's telling me to go in my crate because he wants to come down. So she'll go. And mm-hmm. we've actually been able to tra- to um, let him transit when her her crate is still open. And I like I think she knows he's coming down and 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 going the other way. But she you know she's able to stay calm then. So so that's kind of as far as we've gotten in terms of you know they're a little bit far away. He's got an escape route. But then then we get stuck. I I don't know what to do next. Yeah. So it definitely depends on what your house looks like. But the the great thing about that is like she is there. They are able to come up to some kind of understanding, (laughs) even if it's in a very like, (laughs) I'm going to kill you (laughs) kind of way. Right. Um, Not ideal. But, it you know, what we can do to help them is to use cues where we are like teaching them, Okay, when he shows up there, you come over here, right? Or when teaching him, when she shows up here, you can you have a few different options. You don't have mm-hmm. to, you're not stuck. And so kind of like having that be a, like choreographed dance because there's like these certain types of interactions happen over and over and over again. So we can like look at their routine and say, okay, you know, 
20% of the time, he's going to come down the stairs and he's going to look like that. So yeah. instead of, <laughs> so instead of her being like having to figure out, okay, I need to like slink away when he looks like that. Mm-hmm. You could teach her a few different options, right? You could say, oh, he came to the stairs. Ralph, go to your crate. Or Ralph, come over here. Or Ralph, go play with a bone or whatever. It doesn't have to only be like one thing. So mm-hmm. she doesn't feel stuck either. Um, but all of uh, any option that you cue her to do would be effective, would give him the space he needs to move around. And that way he you'll probably start to see him come up the, uh, at the top of the stairs and be less menacing because he will learn that he just has to show up at the top of the stairs for her to move away. He doesn't, they don't have to have a stare down where she whines a lot and then she kind of like realizes it's not going to work. <laughs> that right. Whole, that whole interaction from your facil- because of your facilitation will be much less stressful. And so they'll learn to trust that process more. They'll know what to do instead of having to like figure it out each time. Does that make yeah, sense? Totally. Yeah. And to, I guess to paraphrase, so we essentially him appearing we need to condition a response in her that can be maybe two or three various things, but all basically take him or take her out of that zone where she's just whining and kind of scaring him and provoking that aggressive response, which I think knowing our dog, you know, is going to take time. You know, I I can imagine like cueing her to go sit on the couch. You know, it's certainly going to take a bunch of training to, to ensure that she can stay there, but at least we know that that's, you know, what we're working towards, because yes. until now, we were just like, do we need them to be fret? Like, do we need <laughs> then the cat to be able to jump on the couch and like be with her? You know, we, we, um, we weren't sure what that, that yeah. immediate step is, but that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of like being able to just say, go there and she would do it immediately, like in this, you know, hugely arousing situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. It's going to take training and work outside of these types of interactions to be able to help her do that. Totally. So when this is actually happening, like I would have her potentially like wearing a harness and like a little tab leash around the house so that you can help her. Right. If she, right. Right. And then you positively reinforce her the crumbs out of her when she does go where she wants. So you're you're wanting to use um, to, to switch the feeling of this to a positive reinforcement based contingency instead of her slinking away because she's has to like escape the uncomfortableness. Totally right. Yeah, yeah. So I guess it's not it's it's not always a great it's not a great thing for her to be intimidated and go to her crate because of that we want to reinforce like something awesome is going to happen when you see the cat yes yeah yes and so i would come up with a few different things that you can have her do when he wants to come down like go to crate come over to me is a good one mm-hmm. go get your bone if you have if she has something like that mm-hmm. go get a toy right something that has her turn away from him to stop that fixation eye contact that can be really freaky that's going to help too for sure and because you have a baby i know like you're not always going to have hands to be able to work on this like you know to get up and move her so mm-hmm. 
if this is always happening in a certain spot in the house, it might be better to and and we can talk about this, you know, offline where like what your house looks like. It might be better to have more of like an airlock scenario around the bottom of the stairs rather than a gate. So what that looks like is that he could come all the way down the stairs and then off to the side to his safe spot, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Right. But she is not right up on him. <laughs> right. Even if, even if you can't, you know, inter, like intervene immediately because you're dealing with some other being. For sure. <laughs> totally. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So using your management, it might need a little bit of tweaking. Yes, baby gates suck, although you do have a baby who's going to be walking soon. So Very useful. Totally. They're a fact yeah. of life anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm like, you know, it, it's not forever. But it might be worth it to kind of look at that management setup to see if we can make it facilitate these common interactions a little bit better. Right. For sure. So yeah, so your main next steps are going to be as follows. Number one, in your a huge amount of free time that you have. Um, <laughs> I want you to, you're going to classically condition her to go to her crate as soon as she sees something. So I want you to like anytime someone, whether it's, I don't know, anytime anything comes to the top of the stairs, that's not him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want you to say, go to crate or go do whatever and just chuck a bunch of food like into the crate or like basically make it a no-brainer for her to move away okay so anytime anything is at the top of the stairs like including us and yes okay yeah because we're starting with the easy stuff totally got it right because right now she doesn't have that skill good enough to be able to use it when he is at the, when, when the regal mister comes down yes. the stairs. <laughs> for sure. So in those situations, when he is coming, you'll need to use your management, but you're going to kind of use real life <laughs> as training sessions. So something appears at the top of the stairs. She notices it. Good girl, go to your crate, chuck food. Or good girl, go get your toy, and then she'll get it and she'll, you play with her. Or just good girl, come over here, let's pet. All of those things give you a pretty good arsenal for some hands-off stuff and some hands-on stuff. Got it. it. For sure. So that's number one. Really just like we're conditioning that she sees something, she turns away. Number one. Number two is going to be for him. So when she, you, you can start to do what I call casual setup for him. So if she is already chilling right it doesn't have to necessarily be in her crate but you have her on a leash and maybe she's like working on a food puzzle or a bone or something like that you can have him come down the stairs and have some treats at the top of the stairs or have his meal at the top of the stairs because we want him to change his attitude about coming down the stairs and (laughs) seeing her (laughs) He doesn't need to go in there guns blazing with those eyes of like, I need to kill you in order to get down, right? We want him to be like, oh, I come down, I get food, and she happens to be there, but she's not yelling at me. 
Mm-hmm. 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 This is different. Because, yeah, we need to change his feelings about her. And the only way to do that is to have him experience a lot that she can exist far enough away and also not yelling at him. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reverse so, that association that he currently has. Exactly. Yeah. She has to be involved with something else, whatever it is. Playing with you, mealtime, you know, food puzzle basically napping i don't doesn't Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know her best yeah yeah and yes if she's in the crate excellent you can still do that but we want to make sure that as often as possible you are adding positive reinforcement for his experience of coming down the stairs and seeing that she is for him being brave and not and not threatening her yeah absolutely so those are my two main starting points the last thing is going to be taking down information about what are the patterns in your day where conflicts tend to arise because then just like this conflict what we call a sticky spot right every time he comes down the stairs things go horribly awry there is probably other times during the day where that might happen that we can come up with a similar Mm -hmm. yes there certainly is (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> You're like every day at dinner time. Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean I, I know that so much firsthand. Coming into my house after I pick my kids up from school is like a total cluster. And we've tried many different things and it's gotten better, but it's like there's just like those those times of the day where everyone's super aroused, everyone needs everything, everyone's trying to like touch you all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you're like, absolutely absolutely yeah the last thing that we haven't even touched on but we should i should follow up with you on this is thinking about the about king's life holistically right so right now his his movements are less free than they have been in his past life um and so that's probably frustrating for him is there a way that we can think about enriching his life otherwise so that he can get his exercise, he can get his natural behaviors out while he's in his safe areas? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. It's something that's definitely weighed on us because we do feel like he's unhappy a lot of the time. Um mm-hmm. He does, so what he does get that he didn't used to get before the dog is some outdoor time. So he gets to go outside supervised um, in our yard, which I think does make a big difference. That being said, he now demands to go outside, you know, unsupervised, which which we don't allow. Um, but there's that. But we, we were talking about, because he is, you know, effectively trapped upstairs for part of the day, getting some sort of cat palace for him up there where he can also kind of enjoy the outdoors or at least watching the outdoors, which is what he has in our garage, which is kind of the other place that he spends the majority of his time. So yeah, I think we need to to provide him with at least an activity, you know, to do that that is maybe novel. Yeah. Because yeah, it it is pretty clear, you know, you can kind of just feel his I don't know. He's a bit down, I think. He's got some angst. Yeah, I mean, his name is King for a reason, so now he's he's been downgraded. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and 
you know, we can work together to come up with like what would be the easiest things for you, like the biggest bang for your buck in terms of your energy and time dedicated to this while also being able to get him what he needs. The outdoor time is great, especially since the weather is probably getting better where mm-hmm. yep. you are just like here. So that will help. Um, and we could talk about like putting some scaffolding around that time. So he's not like, I always want to be outside all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause sometimes it helps where you're just like, this happens at a certain time in certain situations. Um, if you ask any other times, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. And and so I guess quick question for you. That is something that cats are able to learn because we find that he yeah, he gets very insistent and it, like, it feels like he can really go for hours. Like he can just yowl for like five hours and yeah. not stop. So we were like, is it something that he can, you know, truly learn or like be conditioned to, to do? Yes, it's difficult because we're working against nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you need, this is where like enriching the indoor space is essential. So if he's coming from a highly enriching outdoor space into something barren, like, of course, he's like, please. (laughs) (laughs) This is unfair. And so you want to make sure that the indoor space is as enriching as possible. So it's like a viable option for him to hang out. Right. And also investigating whether there are going to be ways that he could potentially go out into the backyard or whatever either unsupervised but safe or more often supervised. But then you will also, once those things are established, then you would basically come up with a routine around going out. So like it would be you saying certain things, like you coming into the room and having his harness if he's going out on a leash or bringing out a certain toy or whatever that makes it very clear like this is outside time versus Mm -hmm. i'm just coming to pet you (laughs) or totally totally okay yeah and yeah just ignoring it is not the answer Mm because he will be like i'm gonna go as long as i need to totally yeah you're gonna gonna give in Mm -hmm. and then he's gonna be like great i only need to meow for four and a half hours this time exactly totally and yeah that can be quite annoying um does that answer your question it totally does yeah i i never thought about um yeah kind of making it a routine sort of doing the things before we let him out that that signal that it's that it's time and then also it's kind of a good reminder that he needs a little bit more play inside i think that kind of went away with the dog and the baby and now we're like he's old and crotchety he doesn't you know need activities but he does so that i think that will enrich his indoor life for sure yeah he does i mean definitely and you know eight is not old that is right he is a Distinguished gentleman in cat years. Yeah, he's middle-aged. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of a cyclic thing, right? Like he's probably crotchety because he's bored slash frustrated. He's bored slash frustrated because he's crotchety. You know, like it's a... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, Because you're like, I don't want to play with you if you're being a crank man. (laughs) Yeah. So I I call that the like, it's it's a negative reinforcement cycle of Mm -hmm. lack of enrichment, right? And you have to switch it to a positive reinforcement cycle. So when you when you start enriching, you will see that he becomes happier. 
And you that will positively reinforce you in order to make you more excited to come up with stuff for him to do. Totally. totally. So flipping that on its head um, within the realm of what is actually possible in the lives of busy humans who have lots of things to worry about besides for their cat's moods absolutely <laughs> realistic, yeah, a good realistic way to put it <laughs> are yeah. are important when we do that so yeah. i hope this was helpful do you have any other questions about kind of what your next steps are going to be no i think we've got a really good game plan thanks for that i'm uh, i'm excited yeah to start kind of putting some things into place and and have a plan because we kind of got to a place oh. where we've we were flailing yeah. And I find that's always a really hard place to be. So, so I'm hard. excited to have these, you know, concrete steps that we can do and monitor and, and see how it goes. Do you feel like they are steps that are realistic for you to take? I do. I think the hardest part will just be the time uh, that like the pace at which it goes. Um, our experience with our dog has been slower than we ever could have imagined like her all of our steps in the right direction have taken a hundred times longer than we ever expected we're also first-time dog owners so we were coming into something that you know I think we underestimated especially in terms of her you know her demeanor um and her breed and and all that but I know that she can get there and I know that we can um I think we just have to be really patient and we've been doing that so we'll just you know have to continue with that yeah for sure it's it's a jigsaw puzzle of Mm -hmm. of the needs of different beings and some some get make forward progress others get a little bit lost (laughs) yeah yeah keeping all of that straight is it's a big undertaking and you're doing a great job thank you (laughs) thanks so much for listening If this episode helped you feel less alone in your struggles with your cats and dogs, please subscribe so you don't miss any other episodes. And if you know someone who has cats and dogs and maybe they'd like their pets to get along a little better, please pass the information for this episode or any other episode of this show onto them. I would love for everyone in the world who needs this kind of information to get access to the show and be able to get the resources that they need. And if you want to do a dog and cat chat with me on the podcast, make sure to go to praiseworthypets.com slash chat and you'll be able to head to my link and schedule a time. And that is all for this episode, you wonderful cat and dog people. See you next week for more It's Training Cats and Dogs. Bye.